past the vineyard of the man who lacks judgment. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed and I learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a bandit and scarcity like an armed man. Lord, you're the great teacher, and we pray that as people who have chosen to trust you, you would reveal your thoughts and your ways to us. We pray especially not only that we might gain knowledge, but you change us. In Jesus' name, amen. Our world is is always busy. Everyone seems to be racing through life in one direction or another, yet there never seems to be enough time to accomplish or maintain all the projects we want to seem to get done and the goals and dreams that might be in front of us or even satisfy all the demands that, that simply tell us what we have to do next. As we consider Proverbs 24 and, and uh, verse 30 and the following verses, I, it seems that it's quite obvious that the message here is if you're lazy, you're going to have problems in life. But I'm not so sure that's truly the extent of what is being taught in here. Certainly having a practical approach to life and a diligent approach to life is extremely important. But the real purpose for the book of Proverbs has to do with spiritual matters more so than that which is physical. And so he seems to use this sort of as an illustration of what he saw with weeds and a wall falling down that somehow that relates to caring for the condition of our heart. There's a busyness of life that will keep us busy trying to chase down the weeds and the walls that seem to be of falling to pieces or the shifting of life, which we cannot in any way stop. But the condition of our heart is one that wisdom is indeed to be applied. If you look at the very beginning of the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, it clearly indicates to us that there's a purpose and a primary theme throughout this book. It would be good to just look at these words once again and remind ourselves that the weeds that creep into our lives and the the shifting of the stones or the cracking of the wall or the crumbling of the things we build is important to know our relationship with God is the secret. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, For giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. It's the fear of the Lord that we attempt to consider and humbly recognize its important and rightful place in our lives. That fear is not which causes us to cringe and run from God. It's a fear that brings us humbly to a place where we consider the importance of keeping our eyes upon Him 
and keeping our devotion in the right place. It seems as if the context is about reestablishing a sense of priority in our lives. You and I will never stop all the weeds. You and I will never be able to keep all of other walls that we build from cracking or beginning to shift. But by being diligent in the matters of the Lord and our commitment to him, he is able to give us the strength we need to deal with the things like weeds that creep up into life and the shifting of the foundations of life. There's problems that you and I will face ongoing every single day of life. And yet this relationship with God, it's priority of having him of first place that gives us the greatest hope and strength in the days ahead. The secret to our daily struggles with the weeds and the ruined stone walls is to is that gift of God's wisdom that he gives, that he's promised to us as we learn how to fear the Lord. The first thought that uh, comes to my mind when we think, going back to uh, Proverbs chapter 24 where we started, is that we begin understanding ourselves that we live among a world that the weeds are inevitable. They're going to grow in life. There's going to be unique challenges we face. There's going to be things that uh, destroy the beauty of life. Or these things that seem to come and become a nuisance to life. Or these things that simply take the nourishment or the strength out of life. The weeds are always growing and they will always need to be uh, uh, taken care of. They will need to be dealt with. And you and I might get the idea that the secret to life is to become busier. To become more diligent. To become more determined. And as important it is to take a responsibility for what we ought to do in life, there's a greater secret, the priority of ensuring our relationship with God stays where it ought to be. The secret to life is to tapping into the blessings in which God intends to communicate and pour out in our lives. As we think about that priority, we are constantly reminded to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness And all these things, including weeds and cracked walls, fall into uh, place. It's certainly not a simple thing to maintain a healthy and uh, relationship that has God as first priority. We all know that because of weeds and cracked foundations, that it is a constant readjustment in life that's going to enable us to experience that ongoing favor and blessing of God. And yet wisdom teaches us, guard your heart with all diligence. Each and every season or period of life, we must once again identify the condition of our hearts and maintain the sweetness in that journey. It doesn't always seem to have to be equated with hard work, but quite often it takes tough discipline to keep the priority of God at the center of our lives. I think the biggest challenge is not so much the things that just simply capture us and take away. It's the little things that keep us busy, keep our minds preoccupied, keep our hearts somewhat uh, uh, in a place where we don't have the time to nurture and develop that relationship. Uh, some other areas of our life will, will always uh, keep you plenty busy. Uh, While certain areas of our lives, they will promise God's unique blessing and favor. 
And so it's, I believe that as we, we look in terms of these scriptures that we need to recognize that what might not seem like a significant practice or exercise, such as just a few minutes of being quiet and still before God, allowing the word of God to begin to speak in your heart, how much that can uh, give you guidance and prioritize your life in a healthy way. It's not that we need these extended long retreats, but we certainly need a continual opportunity of being in the presence of God and feasting on his thoughts and his heart and his love. It's the blessing that God gives that's going to maintain our ability to keep going. It's the secret of dealing with weeds that crop up. It's the secret to dealing with the walls that you and I can't control whether they crack or shift. Jesus said to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added as far as what typically keeps us rather busy in life is the feeling like we're stuck. It's the feeling like that's what they require of me. It's the feeling like I have to just to hold the pieces together. It's the feeling like I have to take care of this more so than relinquishing some things to God. It's never easy to distinguish between the choices that you and I make in prioritizing life. We don't always clearly understand the difference between what's a good thing to do and what's a better thing to do. And that's why it's important when we simply find ourselves uh, exercising and practicing a devotional life or quality time with God, whether it seems to be a small amount or an extended period of time, that God can give us the ability to distinguish between the good and the better. But it begins by understanding some things I believe we can learn from Proverbs chapter 24. Let's go back there to Proverbs 24. And we'll begin looking at, uh, once again, verses 30 through uh, 34. This time I'm going to read uh, 30 through 32 again. I went past the field of the sluggard, past the vineyard of the, the man who lacks judgment. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed. The first thing that I, I think is, uh, is, is pointed out in these scriptures is an image is given to us, an illustration, that there is a field that's overgrown and there is a wall that seems to be leaning or is cracked or some of the stones have fallen down. And he sees that and he observes. When you and I uh, race through life, we get busy. Typically, one thing that seems to get away from us is the ability to observe or make a, a careful evaluation of what's happening in our life. And the busier you are and the faster you're running through life, the less chance that the observation has any real objective uh, uh, view of that. We might find ourselves feeling one way or the other. We might find ourselves... Uh, sensing, ah, things may not be as good as they ought to be, but it's that observation in which uh, is being presented here in these words of wisdom, that he takes the time, he takes it to heart to observe, to make an evaluation. Uh, one of those things that can help give us some kind of a beginning thought and guidance is to realize that when we look at weeds and we look at walls, that's one thing. 
It's another to, to look at a person's life. Many of us know people that they have had a priority to their life. They've had a commitment to God, a diligence to being faithful to the things of God. And we observe them and realize that their life has been blessed and God has cared for them. And we can make an observation, being very objective about it, and say there is evidence, there is proof. Sometimes we look around and we see people that may not be committed to God, they may not be devoted to Him, and we get the appearance that everything's well in their life. It seems as if their life is going well, things are going smooth, and that's different. Good and better is what begins to take shape over a season of life, a period of time. So we can make observations. It's not so much, excuse me, that you and I learn how to recognize weeds and recognize cracked walls, but I believe the observation is, what does a life that's blessed by God, what does that look like? And you and I, through observation, can make some interesting evaluations. Maybe we've been attempting to live for God in a long enough period of time that we can make observations ourselves. We know that God, indeed, is a God who blesses, that He cares for us, He provides for us. It's a lot easier to be objective about what's happening here than maybe what we see around us. Another area of observation that I believe ties together in the book of Proverbs is to realize the Bible is filled with examples and illustrations. And so you see people mention all through Scripture, these individuals were faithful to God and it proved to be beneficial. Uh, one of those examples we might want to look at um, might be found in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 15. Turn with me to 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 15. Some of us are maybe more fortunate than others to have known people that have made a significant influence upon our lives and their testimony, their stories. They share about the faithfulness of God. They make an, and so you and I are in a position to constantly make observations that there are individuals who have stayed focused upon God and it proves to be beneficial in their life. The establishment of priorities is realizing that it might seem to cost to give God more, but the testimony is there's the secret to the weeds that creep into life. There's the secret to the walls that begin to crack. It's establishing that relationship that is meaningful and rich and rewarding. Second Chronicles chapter 15, um, I'll look at verses uh, 1 through 4. Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of Obed. He went out to meet Asa and said to him, Listen to me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach, and without the law. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, and he was found by them. It's important to recognize that there are ways that you can exercise observation. You can make evaluations. You can draw conclusions that it is a beneficial truth to know that God rewards us when we commit ourselves to him. And we have many other people that 
uh, have gone through those experiences, and that's the encouragement to us. You and I can get busy trying to get rid of all the weeds out of our life. We can race through life to, to try to patch up the cracked walls. We can try to keep ourselves busy uh, putting uh, somewhat a focus on the appearance of things and lose sight to the priority of the condition of our hearts. God is faithful, and he will reward those who diligently seek him. This is the observation. The observation is to learn how to live a lifestyle of watching to see how life works. The danger is sometimes the, the momentary or temporary appearance can be misleading, it can be deceiving. But through a careful evaluation, an extended observation to draw the conclusion, God is a faithful God. And sometimes that takes work. The challenge to all of us is to understand and, and truly recognize in our heart that there is a benefit, a true blessing of being faithful to God. Uh, let's go back to uh, Proverbs 24 now and look at verse uh, 32. Proverbs chapter 24, and we will read in verse uh, 32. Now I applied my heart to what I observed. I applied my heart to what I observed. There seems to be somewhat of a distinction. Maybe to some of us we say, well, I'm not sure I see the distinction. But there's one thing that observes in a general sense and tries to weigh uh, the, the scales and to look at, does it really take care of the weeds and cracked walls in my life if I live for God? We work through that and come to a conclusion that I will gain more by following God with my priority there than to simply race through life making sure my weeds are trimmed and my walls do not fall down. You and I can be busy with life and give ourselves a lot of work and a lot of energy or can we conclude that by being faithful to God is the secret to dealing with those issues that become a nuisance. They destroy us. They take the life out of us. But in our observation, something gets added to that, and that is a heart that reflects upon the mysteries of life. I applied my heart to what I observed. I applied my heart. Simply observing life may give us an understanding. It may give us some kind of an insight to the, the way that uh, God operates or manifests himself or, or comes uh, to, to work within the aspect of our lives, that there is an observation that you can make. But the reflection is when it's no much, not so much what's happening out there or over there, it's what's happening inside here. As much as observation is important, that you and I are settled at some point, that it is greatly beneficial to take extra time to get focused on God and not be worried so much about the busyness of life. But second of all, a reflection that begins to be focused upon God. How do we know that if our heart changes, how do we know that if we uh, spend better quality time with God? Is it really going to change the matter? Is it going to really change uh, many different factors in our life? This is what he set his heart to learn, 
to observe, to not only observe, but to reflect upon. And so it not, doesn't seem to be a, a, an encouragement for us to just do it one time and see. It becomes a whole new way of living, a heart that not only observes the realities of life and the way God manifests himself, but it's an ongoing reflection of faith and trust in God and how that, that begins to shape our life. There's particularly several areas that the Bible's clear about at least the focus of that reflection. I mean, where do you begin exercising a commitment to reflect? Where do you begin developing a life that is going to be able to see what we did not see before and not only have a focus in life that God's hand of blessing will be upon, he will take care of the weeds and the walls that begin to crack. The first thing I want to give reference to is in Psalm chapter 27. Psalm chapter 27. Every week we, we come together as, as worshipers of God. And the reason we come together to worship isn't simply that we might feel a little better, I trust. It's coming and faithfully prioritizing the focus of our life. That worship time of, of lifting our voices and our praise to God is an intentional exercise or discipline that we all do. Not only because God is truly worthy of our praise, but the focus of that gaze is promised to change the circumstances of your life. Psalm 27 we want to begin looking at verses 1, and I'm going to read just down through 8. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. It sounds really bad up to this point. One thing in verse 4 that I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me at his tabernacle. I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. Reflective life is one that begins to recognize that we have observed things in life and drawn some kind of a conclusion, but added to that, we have chosen to fix our gaze not upon the weeds or the wall, but on the God who rules over everything. It's humbling or for us to acknowledge that aspect of worship in our lives and to, to begin to challenge ourselves and ask ourselves, have we somehow learned to, to exercise ourselves or, or discipline ourselves or take that priority in life and say, Lord, 
My problems are all around me. My circumstances are real deep. But it's you I've come to lift up. My gaze is on you, Lord. My focus is upon you. I'm going to choose to trust you. In spite of the circumstances, my gaze is on you. He sees the weeds. He sees the broken wall. He sets to heart. He begins to sink in his observation. The conclusion of the matters begin with a heart that reflects upon God. You and I will never gain all the wisdom as to why the weeds keep growing. You and I in all of our wisdom in life will never be able to fully grasp why the wall gets cracked, why the stones shift. You and I might come up with uh, uh, some kind of logical explanation on why we go through hard times and difficult times. The, the, the scriptures seem to indicate that the focus on the wise is not so much the secret to dealing with the troubles of life. The secret is to look to God and to lift his name. The secret is that our gaze would be set upon him. It takes work, I realize it, but it's a priority in life. It's, a, it's a beginning to establish the one before the other and understanding how the heart and life is connected together. That God will honor that kind of trust that looks to him. A second thing is that goes together with that expression of worship. That which comes out of our heart and the songs we sing and the commitment to God and the, the, the deliberate choice that I will exalt his name regardless of what's going on around me. We look and find in Joshua chapter 1 verses 7 and 8. Please turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1 verses 7 and 8. We attend Recognize again that concept of reflection or a, a focused gaze upon some kind of direction and some kind of, of, of commitment of some type in establishing a priority in life. Worship is always an extremely important part of moving us through the progressions of life and, and recognizing how God honors and blesses us in the journey. But then we look in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 through nine. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Here, notice the, the focus. Don't look to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Not only is our fixed gaze upon God himself in all of his splendor and majesty. And the exercise of worship is, is really all about him. I humbly choose and prioritize my life to be focused upon the exaltation of Jesus Christ with all that is within me. But the second of reflection is to begin to realize that when our eyes are upon the scriptures and we let the word of God be the word of God, then our confidence is in God's faithfulness and his promises. You and I can, again, engage in 
many creative and very practical ways to become successful or prosperous in whatever you do in life. The scriptures remind us the focus is not on how to become prosperous and successful. The focus is upon the God that promises. When your eye is on him and upon his word, he knows how to take care of your needs. The weeds will keep coming. The walls are going to keep cracking. But God knows how to hold that wall together, and he knows how to take care of the weeds that keep creeping up in life. It's an exercise of faith. The priority of having uh, 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 God's kingdom first and his righteousness is, is sometimes difficult to really grasp that concept. But my encouragement to each and every one of us is to allow ourselves to reflect on the beauty of what worship truly has been promised to do in our lives and what it is that the Word of God has been promised to begin to bear fruit in our lives, that our, our faith is in Him and our, de- our devotion is in those seasons of praise and those seasons of establishing the Word of God. One more aspect about that reflection is found in, in the Psalms. Let's go back into the Psalms and look at one. 39, 23, and 24. I'd like to believe we all have acquired some kind of wisdom. We have learned as we journey through life and our commitment to God that after a while you begin to pick up through observation and some reflection upon the things of God that you and I are gaining insight into the ways of God and how he, he uh, begins to operate and manifest himself. But the challenge that we often have is to realize that regardless of how far we are in the journey of trying to live for God, probably most of us have never arrived. And I'm confident that when you and I are willing to humbly say, Lord, if there's anything you need to teach me, that God isn't going to say, that one I'm going to make you wait for. You and I in the journey of life must understand that God honors the heart that says, show me more. Reveal to me something that maybe I've lacked, that I've missed. And so notice these these two verses that express a prayer. And I trust that the focus of worship and the focus of God's word is that God would show us a little bit of his glory and majesty and a whole bunch of the fact that We need to see what he has to show us. In Psalm 139, uh, 23 and 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Once again, our focus is on transformation. As you and I keep looking into the beauty of God and the beauty of his purposes, and we begin to reflect on how God can change us to become the kind of people he wants us to be, you and I can be assured the weeds he knows how to take care of and the cracked walls he knows how to keep strong. He knows how to work through the details of life when our priority is rekindled or redefined about the Lord. Let's go back to Proverbs 24 now. And uh, begin to pull some of these thoughts together. Proverbs 24. In verse 32. Allow me to read that one again. I applied my heart. That is the reflective part. To the observation that was 
the evaluation, the objective look at life, and learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like abandoned and scarcity like an armed man. The point to want to look at is the learn he had learned a lesson. Not only had he discovered some insights or some information that can give him guidance in life, but the lesson that is learned is not so much a thought that seems to stick, but rather it is an application that begins to change a person's life. As God begins to reveal himself, he begins to show us insights. The moment that we begin to step in the direction God wants us to go, then our lessons are something that become learned and dear to us. The hardest thing of trying to understand scripture, we all know, is how to take these truths, these things that have become dear to our hearts, and begin to put them into our hands and the feet of life. Only God can really give us the wisdom we need to apply it as we really ought to, but that's what his commitment is. That's what his longing is. He saw these things and he began to observe. He began to reflect. And then he chose to say, what is the lesson of life? You and I can learn a lot from what we see and observe in life. And you and I can learn even more so when we find the time to be alone with God. Because then God can not only speak to the mind but in the heart. But ultimately, the real lessons learned is how it's beginning to be implemented in your life and mine. This again, only God can really give clarity to that. Some of us might suggest one thing. You might have a friend that loves you enough to tell you this is what probably would be helpful. But ultimately, that application is one that begins to reshape or define a whole new way of living. It's the secret of application that really deals with those weeds and the cracked walls, I trust that this week we might find an extra slot of time, whether it's one day or it's a couple days, but humbly say, Lord, I want to observe all over again. I want to begin to experience a life that begins to reflect. Most importantly, Lord, I want some basic, simple application that will begin to move my life into the priority that you've intended it to be. The question is, can we trust that by giving God a portion, committing ourselves to a, a, a time slot, a place, that he can take care of a few weeds for us this week? He can begin to patch up some cracks in our life. Can we trust that he is able to take care of some of the stuff that's keeping us way too busy? Father, we pause before you because we realize that we know you are a faithful God. And we are well aware that in the journey of life, we find ourselves very distracted. We find our priorities out of whack, but today we humbly desire and long for the intimacy that we always may have experienced in the past or have wanted throughout our life. I pray as you examine our hearts today and you know all about us we pray that we would give ourselves to you in a way that you can do your great work we're confident lord that you love us that will never change we pray lord that that closeness we might experience in a fresh way 
Give us a song to sing next week. Give us a, a testimony of praise. Most importantly, may your name be honored. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week.